Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis and I'm the clinical nutritionist for BN Multi. And this episode, I'm pretty excited. I'm spending some time with Amy and Kirsty from The Art of Decluttering. We got from our regular poll in our BN Bariatric group that staying decluttered and organised is a massive sticking point for some of our listeners. So I thought, who better to speak to than the professionals in the game? Welcome, Kirsty and Amy. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank very much for having us. What an honour. It's an honour to have two people and I'm sure we'll speak all over each other and uh, we'll work it out as we go along, but we'll get there. So tell me a little bit about how you become a pro declutterer. There's loads of different ways that you can become a professional organiser. My story is one of I was a red hot mess. I grew up in a family that placed emphasis on hospitality rather than a clean, perfect house. And we were we had the freedom to keep our bedrooms however we wanted them. Um, we all put chipped in to make the common areas tidy when we needed to, but our bedrooms were our domain. So never really cared that much. And then I met my husband who would come into my room and clean it up for me. <laughs> so and that's he, why you married him, right? Right. <laughs> yes. So when we got married and moved in together, it was a very big clash of cultures and thought, well, I can either fight it or I can go with it. Um, and so I looked around, looked what he was doing, saw how much ease was in his life when he knew where everything was and had a place for everything. And so I just started learning from him, but also learning about how to be organized and decluttered. And then, then I changed so much um, that I, when I discovered professional organizing as a, as a profession, I was like, oh, I can do that. And I can offer a point of difference to what I presumed, which is not true, but I presume that every other professional organizer was like Amy <laughs> and naturally organized. And so um, I thought, oh, well, that's a point of difference because I know what it's like to go from a red hot mess to now working on my habit and Absolutely. actually being able to be organized and run a very successful business doing it. Absolutely. And a podcast and a family and a house. Yes. And all so, of yeah, that's a, it's wonderful to hear that because I'm not the most organized person myself, but I do like order. So it's nice to know that, you know, we can transition from not really knowing and your story is much like mine. I think they're not really knowing what it even means to keep everything together, to see someone who does that and go, oh, hang on a sec there's another way of being here and you're right it is a real point of difference so thank you for sharing that so tell me a little bit about what clutter is and what purpose does it serve in our lives in and in our experience what are your thoughts given you've seen so many different scenarios of people living in a pretty cluttered environment what do you think its underlying job is in our lives 
I like thinking of that actually, that clutter has a purpose. And Mm. what is that purpose? It's not necessarily a healthy purpose, but it's a purpose. We would define clutter as anything that you don't need, use or love. Um, Peter Walsh says it's anything holding you back from living the life that you want. And so clutter can be physical possessions that are all over your home. It can be a busy calendar that means you don't have time for self-care, means you don't have time to cook healthy meals. It means you don't have time to host friends coming over. And the purpose or the role that clutter plays is often a byproduct of procrastination. Mm. It's usually a result of delayed decisions, whether because of overwhelm or whether because of health issues or family situation, or you've just never been taught, Jackie, like you said, like some people just, if you're not brought up with it, how do you even know this stuff? And so clutter can serve all of those purposes. Not many of them are helpful. I love that you link it to not only things being in our space, but time, like things that we do excessively or just the way we structure our lives as busy, busy, busy. Mm. I can see that serves a purpose as well. And it can be, a, I'm over here doing this so I don't have to look over here and deal with this. So I really like that you kind of bring that forward, that it's not only that we're in, we're cluttering up our environment with our junk and our things. It's also that we're just creating this idea that we have to be so crazily busy to mm. feel like we're achieving something. So in that vein, how do you guys step in as professional organisers what do you look at first from that perspective? How do you get started with a new client? So how we get started is asking them what their vision is for a space or, you know, for their lives. Like mm-hmm. really, we love helping to initiate and help people with designing the life that they actually want to live. Um, so we look at how they're operating at the moment and how they want to operate. And sometimes people don't know what that alternative is they just know that what's going on at the moment just isn't working for them Mm. Um, and so we dig into that like why why is it not working for you oh because I've got no time okay like what how how can your calendar add to that or I've just got too much going on in my head okay like do you know do you need to speak to a counselor or a psychologist to continue to help you declutter your mind as well and so we really love walking into the space and helping the client to set vision for that space um, for their whole house or just for a room that we're working in so Mm. and thinking about how it is that they're already using that room or that space and we really love thinking about the function of not just how you're meant to live you know like not buying into culture's expectation of how we live in a home but how do you live in your home how does your family operate in your home so like for one example just because everybody you think everybody does their kids hair in the bathroom doesn't mean that you need to have the kids hair products in the bathroom it could be at the front door like if that's where it is that you mm-hmm. run out the out the door or that's where you do the kids hair so it's thinking about how we already function in the house and how do we make that functioning easier and mm-hmm. because when we make it easier then it's easier to keep it tidy instead of always having to run to the bathroom and then dumping the hairbrush at the front door if everything's at the front door then it's easy to put those things away just as an example yeah why didn't I think of that (laughs) 
And so looking at that and looking at the way we live our lives and um, the things we bring into our homes and even into our vehicles, which is probably another place we could look at decluttering. Yes. Is there a certain person or a certain group or type of person who generally accumulates this clutter, for want of a better word? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it is Pe- People that are alive mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and people that are dead and everyone who's ever owned anything. <laughs> it really is the broad spectrum um, across. It breaks down every kind of barrier. We do find, though, that particularly busy people find getting those systems systems in place to avoid the clutter building up can be a barrier. Mental health challenges can be a barrier to getting decluttered and organized. And we find then that there's also this group of people that will say to us, I've just never been taught that. And so like Kirst, you've grown up in a family that had amazing values. One of them just was not that everything has a place or that you need to be particularly organized. And so people come to us from every part of life. And I think that's beautiful because everybody has the chance to grow. And then when you're busy and you go through seasons, absolutely, the clutter can get worse and you might, you know, as soon as you have kids, hello, they bring all their own stuff with them, I'm sure. (laughs) And so, you know, you've got to deal with the seasons, but everyone accumulates clutter. And it's working out whether it's I love you clutter or clutter that doesn't need to be there anymore. (laughs) How is that? How do you assess that? Do you walk a person through their range of possessions and ask that very question get them to really start I guess introspecting on what firstly the purpose of this piece of whatever it is is and what do I love about it and can I do without it that's a process in itself isn't it yeah so you often say that we're the two-year-olds in your life but why but why but why (laughs) but why but why um and it is our joy and pleasure to really dig into the whys around Mm. people because that not only uncovers the whys of a particular item but also the whys of people's hearts. Yeah. (laughs) And that when you unlock that reason, um, that can be the the trigger that helps people to release, to understand what it is that's going on in their minds and in their hearts towards their things. Mm. And then it gives us an opportunity to help them reframe that. And, you know, we're not always the best people to do that for, you know, sometimes we do refer on to psychologists and counsellors like, you know, just like everybody else. (laughs) We're only specialists in um, declutter coaches. So, but we do have the opportunity to say why and to um, question that and coming back to that that vision does it does it serve your vision does this item help you live intentionally with your family does it help you to create healthy food choices does it help you to get out and be active in the world or is your home is your home are you feeling like we are, sorry, we often find two things with people in regards to their time is that they're either too busy to spend time in their home or they're too consumed with spending time in their home that they don't get out. Like they, they're consumed with that overwhelm of I need to do keep this house organised and tidy and I can never invite anybody over because this house is a, is a bomb site or I'm so busy out getting out of the house because I don't enjoy being in my home that 
that's contributing to the fact that it's it is cluttered and yeah. unorganized. Jackie, I'm sure you, you know you've said this many times to your community, but it's never about the stuff. No. So when we go in, the stuff is what we're dealing with, but the stuff is not the root problem. And so digging deeper then frees you up to deal with the stuff. The stuff just falls away mm. once you understand your why and what's got you there. Fascinating, isn't it? Because I think we do just look at it as stuff and it just arrives. We try the one in, one out rule doesn't always work, but it seems to be, you know, everyone manages their things in a different way, depending on, and a lot of it stems from, you know, family history and what we experience when we were growing up whether it was a lack and then we want lots of stuff when we've got the ability to have a lot of things or whether it was an overdo of everything and now we're just you know we're just so used to being surrounded by stuff that's where it all comes from what are the impacts both expected and unexpected when one starts to look at this and starts to kind of remove those um, structures we're putting in place maybe a protection mechanism or something Mm. like that what do you guys experience when you crack that nut for someone and that they kind of go oh this is why I've been doing this for so long it must be quite revealing and it's a personal experience isn't it yeah it totally is there's I'll address both of those questions the impact that the clutter has but also um, I think it's important to talk about the impact that the decluttering has one of the impacts that the clutter has that we see a lot of is it impacts on your mental health so it impacts on your like a lot of people that have an issue with clutter have anxiety or depression or overwhelm and just feel that burden and even though they can't quite put a word to it that it's because of their environment, we see a lot of that. We see it plays out in finances, it plays out in marriage breakdowns, it plays out in weight gain, it plays out in unemployment, it plays out in stress, it plays out in health issues, yeah. like all of those things. Although what we're not saying is like declutter and your marriage will be perfect, declutter and you'll have all the money you've ever wanted, but they do have a negative effect on it. But the exciting thing is the benefit of decluttering is absolutely enormous. So the benefit is it's great for your mental health. It's great for your family relationships. It's great for community engagement and connection and health and safety and finances and hope for the future. It's great for sleep. It's great for time management. Wow. So you can see the real shift that decluttering can take you from this place that feels overwhelming and burdensome to freedom. And it also when you look at every angle. Sorry, Kirsty. <laughs> Sorry. It also frees you up to do that looking and to do that introspection and to do that assessing of things because you're not consumed by the mental load of the clutter. You actually have now created space in your life to address what you might need to address, like your marriage or your health or your mental health. It actually gives you space and reduces your ability to excuse any of them like because that. you got to deal with the clutter first. And I, yeah, then looking at it that way, you can see how we put it in the way of things. Well, I'll do that when the house is organised or mm-hmm. I'll do that later yes. or I can't go because I've got this to do. So you really, when we frame it like that, that's incredible to see how it stops you. Um, so we know we have clutter and we know we like things. What are the top three things you would do to start on kind of resetting our lives and our environment? Do you have a quick fix? 
for want of a better word, do you have three things that you might start with, you know, to set someone on the path of kind of having a look at what this clutter means to them and how to free themselves up a little bit? Yeah, I think what Kerr said before is the most important and that's the set vision. Mm. So knowing where you want to be and whether that's just tomorrow or whether that's in five years' time, it doesn't matter. Setting vision is really important. It's also really important to know your why. Like why am I doing this? Why is it important? And that why is what you're going to come back to when motivation is waning and you just can't be bothered or there's a million other reasons to be doing something else. You come back to the why. And then we would say, just do it. Just Mm. pick something, declutter it, pick an area, just start wherever your eyes land or whatever your feet touch and get started because we can plan and have vision and know our why. But until you actually start with the action, it's just going to frustrate you that you've been thinking about it for six years and not done anything about it. Only six years. (laughs) (laughs) Being generous. It's, um, and I guess it's that, like, if you look at, if you have a whole home that's full of different things that have snuck in there over time, like a bird, it can be overwhelming to think that we need to undo this. And starting with baby steps is the same with our, you know, our listeners have all started with baby steps, changing different things. And after weight loss surgery, we often are expected to turn our whole lives upside down. And that starts with food, but it also starts with what's in the way of being productive as far as making those changes go. I think it's one of those where do we start? This is so big. How do you then, you know, narrow that down to make it a a doable baby step? Do you have any tricks for that? I think one of the quickest, by far not the easiest, but one of the quickest ways that we can do is actually stop the flow, is actually being intentional about what's coming in to your home because then you're not creating more clutter and you're not doing anything to add to your overwhelm. You're actually being very intentional. So when we we talk about being very intentional about what, what you purchase, so, you know, just because you go to the shop and things are on sale doesn't mean that you need to buy them, even if the marketing is telling you that this is going to make your life so much easier. Like, have you thought about where you're going to keep that in your home? Have you thought about, have you got something that serves the same purpose? Um, that you could use instead have you thought about how you're going to dispose of it at its end of life you know and you know when it comes to food consumption like and food purchasing like do you have space in your pantry already for this and just because they're saying that it's the the solution to your problems is that actually the solution to your problems like questioning the marketing Mm. that we're sold in this lifeless world everywhere we go there's just such Mm -hmm. a message isn't there is you need this and you need this and if you've got that you need to have this as well and I talk about that in my live podcasts on Tuesday nights it's like go out of the house and you have to be the no police it's like you need Mm -hmm. to be able to say no and make discerning decisions about what you do and don't do and I look at I talk about personal rules with food it's like if you're going to blow your calorie budget and Portuguese tarts are your most favorite thing in the world that might be worth doing but if someone's handing you fish and chips and it's not on your personal rules list you just don't do that so it would be the same thing is learning what your rules are, what your goal is and what you will and won't do and just sticking with your own being true to yourself, I suppose. 
Absolutely. And so being expert podcasters on the subject of decluttering, <laughs> how many podcasts have you guys done together now? It's it's quite prolific and you've interviewed so many different people. And I listened to the one with Greg Welsh and um, it was fascinating to get you three together with all your fantastic ideas on what this all means and, you know, walking people through the journey of shedding their stuff. Yeah. When did it all start? How long ago did you start doing your podcast? It was, Kirsten, am I right? It was about or July 2017. Yes. Is that right? And I'm going to take a guess. I actually don't know how many episodes, but I reckon it'd be over 220 maybe by now. Imagine. Over 240. I think Whoa. it's about 247, maybe nearly 250. Impressive. Yeah. Plenty of choice out there for people. <laughs> to think that it's you know it is a, such a broad place that you've come to where do, yeah where do we find you if we want to start purging all the things is there you know your website and that sort of thing or do you run online courses tell us a bit about how your um, approach to decluttering works in the wide world out there we're everywhere so all you need to do is just search the art of decluttering podcast or the art of decluttering and you'll find us um we the best place to find us in terms of podcasts is on spotify or apple podcasts or really as they say with things any good podcast app all the good ones will have us all the bad ones have us too so you know take your <laughs> Our website is theartofdecluttering.com.au. The greatest place to connect with us, though, is actually in our Facebook group. We've got an amazing community of about 11,500 um, members who are so supportive and beautiful and is our favourite place to hang out online. And that is where you can ask questions and share things and get tips and tricks. And we have online courses and we do webinars and we do you know public speaking events and we've got a book and we've got all the things, but sometimes connecting with the people first and just mm. to immerse yourself in that is a great place to start. It gives you that every everyday idea. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's wonderful. And the group idea is also a you know safe place for everyday things that are happening and, you know, what do you think of this and how do I start mm -hmm. with that? So if you're dipping your toes in for the first time, um, it's often to see great to see kind of where other people are coming from and how they got it, how they got started. We will share all of your details in our show notes in the show notes section of the podcast as well. So everyone will be able to find you and get in touch. There's so many things we could discuss, you know, cover with this broad area, but your podcasts will speak for themselves. And I'll also direct my community to yours because I think that's a key is once you've got the external world in order, the internal world will just give you so much room to sort of um, view life in another way and present possibilities that you never thought were um on offer and on a wrapping up note can you tell me just on that kind of lean what's the most beautiful and incredible breakthrough you've experienced in your time with your client does do you have a standout that you think wow that was just I never thought we were going to get there or you know it's just been such a breakthrough and um and life is functioning in a different way or something like that I one immediately comes to mind in fact it's two different families that have pretty much the same story and that is that they call called me up and said, you know, we, we're desperate. We need to prepare the house for sale because we're actually going to separate and we want to sell the house and that type of thing. And so that's not an uncommon request. And so I went out and saw them and actually working both of these families 
over several months through the decluttering process and through getting rid of the clutter and getting back to basics, they both restored their marriages and both still live in the houses that they were going to put on the market. And I think, you know, I'm not professing that, you know, come and get the art of decluttering your house and we'll solve all your marriage problems. But when you do take away that excess and you do allow yourself the space to focus on the important things, there is ability to reconnect and there's ability, like just just blew my mind. Um, I actually just went back recently to one of the couples five years on to do a bit of a refresh as the kids had grown up. And they, they just said, you saved our marriage. And I was like, I didn't save your marriage. You guys saved your marriage. But what a joy it was to be part of it. Yeah, wow. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And something to think about when the chips are down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my story is more oh, around listener feedback that we've had from the podcast. Um, so we cover in our podcast, we cover cover all areas of the house like we've done the pantry kitchen fridge freezer um, master bedroom spare bedroom all of the spaces in your house but we also as you can hear our heart is also for the mental clutter and the calendar clutter and one episode that we did recently was on ADHD and how that looks um, in particular in females and how that presents differently in females um, because we find a lot of the time that it's a very common occurrence for um, our clients something that a lot of them have in common is having ADHD and we got feedback just last week that a mum listened to it with her son who has ADHD and it represented him so well it, it made sense it, the way that it was described by the psychologist that we had on explained him as well and she's then gone on to get a diagnosis from him and medication for him and she said that it has has potentially saved his life having heard that episode so just that like similar theme to Amy that restoration of life um, is what what an absolute joy and honor to be a part of that yeah that's something isn't it and I think it's bringing that understanding of other as well like if you do if you're a neat and tidy freak and you live with someone who's you know not so neat and tidy to understand where they're coming from and to be that support for them as well and implement systems and you know come up with ideas you know it can be game changing because I think a lot of conversation in my own home is about put that away and you know I think it's more because I have difficulty managing my things that when other people are doing that it's it does start to create unrest so what an incredible story and just huge change I think it's amazing and I can't wait to share this episode with my listeners so thank you both we'll wrap up today but thank you Amy and Kirsty from The Art of Decluttering and um, I reckon we've got a few episodes in this one ourselves Thanks. I'd so love much. to have you back on yeah Absolutely. we would love to come back on thank you Jackie thanks guys have a wonderful day see you soon thank you thanks for listening and just before you go we would love to hear your feedback so please give us a rating and review for other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration come and drop into our facebook community at bn bariatric if you've enjoyed our podcast we hope you will share on your facebook or instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode